Hello everyone and welcome back to Semi Scribble Podcast. I'm your host, Akini, and today we're going to talk about Dust by Yvonne Aviambo Award. Let's get into it. First of all, I'd like to give you a little background to my relationship with this book. This book has taken me ages to complete or to finish. Not any fault of the work of art that this book is, but all to do with myself. When I first got the book, I had just completed my uh, postgraduate, my last postgraduate degree, and I just wasn't in a position, (laughs) uh, to be honest, to dive into reading this work of art. I attempted to read it. I, I read the prologue and I think chapter one, and the prologue and chapter one are so dense Um, which I think is a good thing, that they arrested my emotions immediately. Those of you who've listened to my first podcast, where I sort of gave a snippet into this book, you'll realize that I I mentioned one event or the key event that happens uh, in this book. And it's not a spoiler because it happens at the beginning of the book. And this is when one of the characters, Odidi, dies and his body is being transported or is transported back home and home in this context is northern kenya the body is being transported via um airplane by his father and his sister and there were so many emotions that were evoked in that prologue and in the first chapter that i told myself you know what akini there's too much going on here There's a death that confronts us in the prologue. There's the whole aspect of funeral planning that happens in chapter one. All things which are triggers for me. And I thought, let me just get myself in the right headspace and then tackle this book again later. As I was thinking about starting this podcast, I knew Dust would be one of the first books that I would review because... I wanted to read the book. I wanted to get through it and I wanted to be motivated to do it. And this podcast was a great motivation to do that. So I decided about a week ago that I would have a readathon or I would embark on a readathon in order to complete Dust. And I gave myself 48 hours to go through the book. <laughs> if you follow me on Instagram, then you would have seen how that went. I did not complete it in 48 hours. I completed it just over 48 hours. And let me tell you, it's been a week since I finished the book and I miss it. I miss reading Dust. That's how great the book is to me. It completely transports you into another realm. You'll forget where you are. I guess what I'm trying to say is I've seen a lot of people complaining that it's a difficult book to get through. I think that's because of the amount of attention that you're paying to the book. It's not a book that you read quickly in between tasks. Well, if you can do that with this book, then all power to you. This is a book that you dedicate time to. You really immerse yourself into it because it demands that type of attention. And I am glad that Yvonne demands that attention uh, from us for this work of art. I really want to look at three things when I'm going to discuss this book because I, as usual, I don't want to give spoilers. I really want you guys to go out there and engage with the book. I will look at some themes that came across to me from this book. I will also look at um, some of the characters and the thoughts and feelings invoked in me. 
I will also look at some of the themes that came across to me and look at the characters because that's what Semi Scribble podcast is about. What is dust about? Dust is about so many things. But one of the key things that, that jumped out to me is that it's about family and the relationships within a family. The very intricate, the very complicated relationships that exist in families. And Yvonne brings it, this out so well in the Uganda family. At this point, I need to put up a disclaimer and say, I am not well versed in the Luo, so I might not pronounce the names properly. And I am already seeking your indulgence. Please forgive me for not pronouncing these names well. There are layers and layers of things that are happening. There are triggers. Another warning label. It'll trigger you. I was especially taken aback by the relationship between Akai Ma and Arabelle. Akai is the mother. She's the mother to Odidi and Arabelle. Arabelle is the younger sister to Odidi. Wow, this relationship is one of those that hits you in the prologue. <laughs> it hits you in the prologue, not in the prologue, I think in chapter one is where you get hit by the complicated relationship of mother and daughter and how the mother receives her daughter back home because Arabelle has been away from the country and comes back when she learns of Odigi's death. This is the first time that mother and daughter are meeting after a long time apart. And it just blew me away. And that's why I said last week, sorry, I said this two weeks ago, that this book and the series, I May Destroy You, put me in the same emotional space where it's a real scene that is um, displayed or comes through through the pages that you would, you know, we are expecting everything to be, you know, yes, there should be mourning and there should be sorrow, but Akai's visceral reaction to seeing her daughter and the daughter's reaction to how the mother has received her. It's so real that it took me a while <laughs> to get past that chapter because I was just like, what is happening here? But also, why is it so relatable? Not on a personal experience, but because of the emotions that Yvonne puts across in her words, you definitely feel that if you were in the position that Arabelle was in or that Akai was in, that their reactions made sense. When death occurs, there is no right reaction, to be honest. But we do have expectations as a society to people who are mothers. We expect them to behave a certain way towards their children, um, especially if they haven't seen their children in a long while. And we expect children to react a certain way towards their mother. But in this strange occurrence, the reactions are so wow <laughs> and yes i just said wow because i don't have words to to describe them other than it was a very real reaction and it really does assault you because it immediately signposts that this book is not going to be the run of the mill book it's going to take you through the paces in terms of your emotions that being said we also learn about the relationship between nupir nupir is the father and odidi so nupir and odidi their relationship is just as complicated as Akai and Arabelle's relationship. Being such in Kenya, we do understand that most of the fathers of a certain age are not really well tuned with their emotions or do not display their emotions very easily. So Nupir's reactions in the prologue and in chapter one are very expected. But how he receives Arabelle 
is different. He's very in tune with Arabelle. Even as he sort of maintains this exterior persona of a former military man, he still manages to reach his daughter in some form of ESP type of situation. There is a connection between Nupir and Arabelle that is solid. You can tell that already from the beginning. And we explore why this relationship is that way. And without giving away too much, it's such a relief to see that Nupir is sort of a solid pillar for Arabelle throughout this book. And that she also does lend that solidness back to him when he needs it. That brings me to the theme of transitions. I, was, I wasn't really expecting to discuss this theme here. I thought I'd discuss it a little bit later. But it's good to delve into it now that we're discussing the relationships in this family. There are transitions that happen transitions in the relationship transitions in states of mind do happen in this book but they happen beautifully they flow like within the chapters which is why i say you need to really be present when you're reading this book it's very exciting to see how yvonne recognizes that some of these transitions are of a very transactional nature and that brings in two characters one who is as good as family to the ugandas and that's galgalu and the trader Galgalu is he's grown up with the Ugandas. He he takes care of their animals, but he was also a pivotal person in the upbringing of both Odidi and Arabel when they were younger. He's also very connected to Akai, the mother. Galgalu in himself is a very interesting character and he has gone through various transitions to land him where he is and he's still going through um, a transition as you see throughout the book. Um, but I do need to read the sentence that where Yvonne describes him and this is when we first meet Galgalu in I think chapter one and she says he is an intermediary between fate and desire, a cartographer of unutterable realms. That describes Galgalu really well, and it also explains to us his relationship with the trader, who is a character that actually transacts <laughs> in helping people transition into their new selves. And this description of Galgalu fits perfectly as well with the description of the trader. We also get to dive into the relationship between Odidi and Arabel. Odidi being what we all want big brothers to be, a protector, a champion, our cheerleader, our personal person. That's what Odidi is to Arabel. And we see how he has carried her through their beginnings. So from school, how he was really there to champion her. Arabel in the beginning, was a very shy child, which... From what I've told you about the relationship between Akai and Arabel, I think it should have already come through that she was really shy and she was quiet and kept to herself. But Odidi did the most in order to make her feel comfortable and to nurture the, the talents that she had because Arabel is deep in her roots and an artist a creative and that was not really received well by her parents or or in school and this talent that he really pushed her to nurture in herself is what leads to them separating ways but it's beautiful to see Arabelle taking this stand for herself and literally detangling her life from Odidi in order to go and pursue what it is that she wants. And that scene is a pivotal point in the book because then we understand why Arabel was not there in the prologue as all these things were happening to Odidi in Nairobi. We understand why Arabel was not there. For me, that was powerful because I am also going on this journey of sort of allowing myself to do the things that I want to do and not just being that person who is 
people-pleasing all the time. So seeing Arabelle flourish and becoming this woman who decides to do what she wants. Flourish, I'm using flourish very liberally here, but seeing that happen was exciting for me. Odidi doesn't really take it well when Arabelle decides to fly the nest, as it were, but he knows that he has been building her up and we as the reader know that he's built he's been building her up to this moment so it does make sense and even though they're not physically together the strength of their bond the love that they have for each other is otherworldly they are always connected even in death they're still connected some of the themes that i wanted to discuss in the book other than just looking at the way relationships can be so complicated and intricate within families. I also wanted to look at the major theme (laughs) that comes across, and that is memory. I love how Yvonne delves into memory in this book because she doesn't just term it as memory. Um, Memory in this book is history. Memory in this book is nostalgia. And it's not just the individual memory of the characters. This is a part of the book, I think, that really causes us to reflect as Kenyans. I learned so much in this book about the history of Kenya that, yes, in GHC, and I think I'm giving away my age here, when we tackled geography, history, and civics in primary school, we got the very whitewashed version of what happened in order for Kenya to gain independence. Dust gives you the grimmer version, the real version. It tells you the real costs that were paid for independence to be gained. And it asks you to think about whether what we have really is independence or if it's just a continuation of oppression under different uh, regimes. I love that it came out through the other themes. So it didn't feel like you were being lectured. It just felt like you were learning something new. That came out through the memories of the characters. Um, in particular, Nupir. There's also um, Nupir's former colleagues, Petras and Ali Dida Hada, who come up in this book. And through these characters, we get to understand exactly what happened and why we are where we are today. And in fact, what kept coming across to me through all of dust and through all of the themes of dust is that life is generally a circle or you could say history repeats itself or you could say (laughs) there is no end of the journey and that is a pun because the ranch where Nupir or the Ogandas um, settle and live and call home is actually called end of the journey in Luo and I'm not going to say it because I don't want to, to butcher it Please forgive me. Um, I love how, (laughs) this is an aside, but I really love how Isaiah Bolton, who is another character very much connected to the Ogandas, butchers this name. (laughs) He butchers it. And I laugh because um, Yvonne brings it out really well. There's a phrase in this book where Yvonne says, memories are ghosts. It comes out literally in the book. There are ghosts that haunt a number of the people in this book. There is a lot of nostalgia also in this book. And how I differentiate personally between nostalgia and memory is the nostalgia is the happy bits of the book. They do exist. I know some people say Dust is a very dark book, but there are some happy memories that are in there. Then memory is just everything combined. And then history comes through via the memories in the book. So... If you sort of want to find out more about Kenyan history from a local perspective, literally how people who engaged in the events that we've learned from in textbooks, 
then I would really urge you to read Dust. There's no limit to the amount of history that Yvonne gives us. It doesn't just go back to 1963 or the decade before 1963. Really, It really does go f- um, further back than that. But the main characters that sort of surround the era of 1963 and post-1963, definitely Nupir, Ali, Hida Dada, as well as the colonialists, Celine and Hugh and Isaiah Bolton. Now, this family of misfits, y'all, I don't know how I feel about these people. And I guess by me saying that, it means Yvonne really depicted them well. I really wanted to strangle Celine. And I felt I felt no sympathy for what she went through because of how she landed in Kenya. I have no sympathy for her. Uh, I really tried to sort of tell myself that she deserved a little bit of empathy because of how Hugh treated her. But Celine was horrible and she deserved what she got. I'm glad she took herself right back where she came from. Isaiah, I don't know. I don't want to give you a spoiler, but Isaiah grew on me in this book. I did not expect what to happen to happen with him, but he grew he grew on me in the book. Hugh Bolton also is a character that I thought I would like. As he was explained to us, I was like, oh, hell no. He also deserved what happened to him. But that was a shock to me. The journey that Hugh had was actually quite, quite interesting. The final theme that I'd like to talk about, which I had mentioned briefly earlier, is the theme of transitions or survival and adaptation. Because we get through quite a number of characters in this book, Yvonne really does a good job of growing the characters from when we first encounter them to where we leave them. There are characters that I was rooting for in the beginning of the book that by the end of the book I was like, okay Yvonne, I understand. (laughs) I understand why we are here with this character. But this and memory are the two themes that really spoke to me in terms of life lessons. That you cannot remain stagnant. Even the landscape in northern Kenya has not remained stagnant. We learn of swamps that appear and disappear. We learn of rivers that burst their banks and then revert to where they were before. Meaning you can't expect life to be a constant stream of only good things happening or a constant dark valley of only bad things happening. Um, There'll always be ups and downs and these characters go through ups and downs. Or Didi's character went through the most. And even in his death, right, or Didi went out smiling. I really battled with myself in asking myself, is this where Odidi was supposed to go? Wasn't there so much he could have done? But the reality of the situation is that there are very many Odidis who have enormous potential and they're cut off just when that potential was about to, you know, pop off. Odidi died, I think, at the age of 40 or thereabouts. And the life that he's living, <sighs> yes. So, Looking at these characters, even Arabelle, Arabelle goes through the most. Um, and there, there's a hint of what Arabelle actually goes through when she leaves the country. We're always left guessing in terms of what actually happened. I, of course, being the semi-pessimist that I am, thought that she had that something really grave had happened to Arabelle. 
But the ending of this book spun me right around and I said, Yvonne, are you going to write a part two to Dust? Because I will read it. There are some mm-hmm. questions that you left me with. <laughs> really, there were questions that I was, I was left with. And I didn't think that when I'd get to the end of Dust that I would want more. But here I am craving more of it. We are left with questions because that's life. That's what life is. The main lesson for me here is adapt or die. You need to survive if not thrive and in your survival aspects of adaptation are required the characters in this book all adapt even celine who i detest with all of me made a decision to adapt she did not adapt to the kenyan landscape or lifestyle but she adapted or readjusted her expectations and decided to do something different that still is an adaptation those who failed to adapt were met with dire consequences in this book I'm also very happy that Yvonne showed us through the older characters in the book that even in old age, you can still adapt into something new. I hope it's come out in this little review that I've done that Dust is a book that you should read. It's not going to be that beachside romance book. This is a book that you need to be present for and pay attention to, but the rewards at the end of the book are worth it. I would say dedicate a weekend to just reading it and that way it'll be more pleasurable it'll be like this epic movie that you're watching you know there's so many wonderful scenes to get lost in i am so thankful to yvonne for writing this book i can actually say it's one of my favorite books shout out to the nook kenya who was following my readathon progress on instagram they have a little review on their instagram page about this book and they said that the book was a little bit difficult to read because of the grammar the the words you know the vocabulary in the book yes i also read the book with my phone near me and i googled the words honey i did finally my last last word about dust the version of the book that i had had a lot of i don't know what to call them there was a paragraph repeated there were some missing words there were some things that were jumbled up avoid this version that i have and get yourself a different version nevertheless that did not take away from my joy in in reading the book ladies and gentlemen we have come to the end of this episode of semi-scribbled podcast and as usual i will leave any links in the description box below for you to easily access if you'd like to follow us on social media please do our twitter account is at podcast underscore semi that's on twitter podcast underscore semi instagram is the same podcast underscore semi podcast underscore semi And we are active on both platforms and you can reach out to us there via DM. If you, however, want to write us a love note, we would really appreciate it. And you can send us your love notes at semiscribbledpod at gmail.com. That's one word, semiscribbledpod at gmail.com. Thank you so much for sticking it out with me for this episode of Semiscribbled Podcast. Our next episode will be coming out in two weeks yes i've decided this will be bi-weekly to give me enough time to read and digest so that i can come back to share with you other than that asante sana and see you next time bye